welcome to Vindanity. This will be the nicest episode we've ever done, the nice. 69th episode of Vindanity, and uh, we're going to have a little little grab bag of sorts this week, talk about a uh, variety of topics around the sports scene, and I guess, um, you know, we've we've got the wild playing well, are the Wolves playing better? That's what we call a uh, professional tease. we got some college basketball going on, but as always, football tends to dominate things and uh nfl making news of course with the playoffs we've got double the la football oh, la rams were yeah. so exciting next year uh last year we'll get some more with the la chargers they're going to be playing in a quite possibly in a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium in carson california which will be a little odd but uh i don't know i talked to you know, Vindanity's LA correspondent, Mary Claire Flanagan, last week, she seemed, or yesterday, she seemed fairly excited about it. So, really? got that going for her. People anyways. are excited about it? I think just because the Rams are so bad, like maybe they'll actually have a decent team. I don't know if people in general are excited about it, but. I mean, why why did we go from zero to 60 with football in LA? You seem a little overkill? I yeah, don't know. I, I saw that. People I think the Chargers in, just didn't have another option. People in St. Louis were saying that apparently the Rams had like less less ratings or viewers or something like that than they did in St. Louis. I think that Thursday, right? The, the Thursday night game they had at the end of the year against Seattle got a higher rating, higher in St. percent, Louis yeah, than in LA. Yeah, but, yeah, which is crazy. But, but I I thought the Chargers had to like pay some ridiculous amount of money to get out of their lease. Like, why didn't they just stay in that old? I think stadium? they were out of their lease. I, I don't. I think they were just on a year-to-year thing in San Diego. I oh, thought. they their stadium bill got voted down right in November. Oh, then maybe what I saw was that they're paying a ridiculous. Yeah, amount they to the use Rams that. own the stadium, so they're gonna have to pay rent Ooh. to use the new stadium. But yeah, Ooh. yeah, gonna need your rent. No, uh, they'll drop a uh, check in Stan Kroenke's mailbox every day, and he'll just be showered in spray paint. It's a big check. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyways, we'll, uh, I guess, don't need to make this the LA Chargers podcast, but we've got uh, some playoff games coming up this weekend. We were going to do, you know, the playoff preview last week. It kind of didn't work out for scheduling, but I think the general consensus going in was that it probably wasn't going to be the most fun wild card weekend, and yeah. that ended up being the case i think some hopes for that giants packers game which you know i th- it had the makings of a good game it was close midway through the third quarter but until bobby rainey decided to field a, pun- a kickoff and that go bobby out rainey. Of yeah, doofus yard line and ruin a perfectly good football game way to go bobby rainey he was you know he was kind of that game we were at, that Vikings game against the Giants, I remember he was, like, kind of prolonging it at the end with, like, some unnecessary, like, eight-yard gains on screen passes. Yeah. So he's just a real pain in the ass. A real party pooper. That Bobby Rainey. But, yeah, that's actually a good point because everybody kind of said, like, that whole game was over when Rodgers threw the Hail Mary right before halftime, which was an awesome play. But, yeah, the Giants did, like, score a touchdown right after that and make it a one-point game again. So... Vince truly knows where the turning points are. We'll have to get you a spinoff show, Turning Points, with Vince Hernandez. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I think we're also forgetting that there was the College Football National Championship. That was a great game. Which is actually yeah. super entertaining. Yeah, that was um, definitely the best college football championship. I've yeah, ever that seen. made up for so, the, uh, the bad uh, NFL games. And, yeah, I mean... Alabama-Clemson ended up being a nice little... I don't think it'll probably be a trilogy, but it was a nice little uh, 
set of two two games in a row because that that won the first year that Alabama won was a yeah. big game too. Yeah, so it was you know I think I the only other college game that I remember being like more engaging and, and it was just kind of it was probably that USC Texas game back yeah in the Vince, Vince Young and, yeah and that was just when I just think there were a lot more stars that played into their junior years that is just weird looking back on that game and like how we all just thought like Vince Young I don't know if people were quite as high on Matt Leinart as a pro but like he was a top 10 pick and it was but it was like Vince Young and Reggie Bush are gonna like revolutionize the NFL yeah and like no one could believe the Texans took Mario Williams over the two of them in the draft that year and yeah Vince Young and Reggie Bush didn't exactly revolutionize the NFL but yeah that was a that was a good game it's just funny to fun to have Nick Saban involved in getting salty. Yeah, I enjoy watching. He was that. very salty. Yeah, it is funny with college sports. Like I really don't, you know, give a hoot most of the time. But like that game was really exciting, and that was that the finals uh, last year in college Villanova in North Carolina. I mean, yeah. that was ridiculous. Like they college sports have had two pretty awesome finals in a row now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it seems like. Um, because for a while, really in both football, because like Alabama is such a defensive team normally, and college basketball, they've changed some of the rules now, but it would be such a slog of a game a lot of times. Like I remember that Duke-Butler game five years ago, or five, six years ago, that people remember for Gordon Hayward, like missing the half-court shot at the buzzer. Like that was a cool ending, but that game was like 50-47 to 47 or something mm-hmm. like that. So for yeah. a while, like style of play, they would be competitive but not necessarily that entertaining yeah and it seems like you know scoring in both of them is picked up it's a little more of an exciting uh watch but not something i still watch on a very regular basis no but i do we do watch the nfl on a pretty regular basis and have four more games this week it should i think be a little more competitive uh week a week it starts out with probably the two better games are on sunday but you get Seattle, Atlanta, which, you know, if the Seahawks hadn't had quite as many injuries on defense, might be a little more excited for it. That was a good game early in the year. Seattle barely winning at home. Uh, Houston, New England, not super excited for that one. But I think uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Green Bay, Dallas could be pretty entertaining games. Three of the four of them are rematches. Houston, New England played each other in the regular season, so Pittsburgh and Kansas City. But I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on what's going to happen this week? We don't have to necessarily do picks, but... Well, I sure like the Battle of the Birds. Got the... Oh, yeah, we do have a Battle of the Birds. <laughs> Hawks and Falcons. All That's right. awesome. Here we go. I Yeah. I don't know. That's, I guess I just feel very confident in what all the outcomes are going to be in these games. Do you want to share what those outcomes I are going to be? I suppose I could. <laughs> I would take, uh, oh, actually, no. I would need more time with the Packers and Cowboys. That's a pretty awesome matchup. But I feel confident in Falcons, Patriots, and Chiefs. Yeah, I think I would say the Falcons. I certainly would say the Patriots. 16-point line on that Patriots-Texans game. Dang. Insane. Hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, I think I would maybe even pick the Patriots with that spread. Uh, Chiefs-Steelers, go back and forth on that one. I would say... I'd probably lean toward toward Pittsburgh in that one, but that that's a coin flip it's game just, for me. To me, it just seems like there's too many times it's been like 
uh, this is just Andy Reid. Like, they're just going to do it this time. Like, this is going to be their, yeah. and then it never is. So, like, eventually it has to be, yeah, right? Maybe, maybe they at least get one. Uh, I, I'm, you know what? I'm just, I said pretty early on in this Packers winning streak that they just felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to get hot and make a run. So, I'll, I'll continue to ride that. I've been excited about the Cowboys all year, but I, I think Green Bay can go in there and win. I, I think I have to pick. Dallas, just because, like we talked about off mic, like seeing Jerry Jones in a Super Bowl, like that <laughs> would be so entertaining. That's certainly what Fox wants. Either, yeah, Dallas against really probably either New England or Pittsburgh. Either one of those would be pretty great matchups yeah. for them. Not that I mean people are going to watch the Super Bowl regardless, but yeah, so you get a small market team like those Packers in there. <laughs> get it. Atlanta and uh, Houston, just no one would watch the Super Bowl. It would get ratings of five people. So what's wrong with the ratings? Yeah, we could have that whole discussion again. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what's the status of the the office email situation? Has HR had to intervene because it's been getting a little heated after that win? I, I still think that they're just so... The, the Packers fans are just so surprised by the whole the whole thing of the team playing well for how bad they were at the beginning of the year that they're not in full tilt they're just emailing like question marks and like confused emojis and stuff (laughs) like oh it's kind of a like oh well there might get some there might be something cooking there type of type of email as opposed to the like well you know we've won this feels exactly like 2010 anything like that so like if they win the super bowl are green and gold like cupcakes going to be brought into the office you're yeah, gonna like have to eat one. are you gonna partake like will you eat a green bay packers celebratory cupcake uh no because i try not to eat carbohydrates oh. they're fattening well that's a good excuse if you don't want to eat the green bay packers celebratory cupcake what if it's like green bay packers like food colored rice and like green beans or something like that so there's it's so it's healthy can you partake well there'd still be carbohydrates with the the rice so it's like chicken (laughs) how about this if the (laughs) if the vikings win the super bowl will you eat a purple and gold cupcake to celebrate Yes. And we'll record it on the podcast. Yes. We'll get the audio. We'll get it with an extra extra carbohydrates. (laughs) Yes. Can I get that cupcake with extra carbohydrates? I would. I suppose if there was like jalapenos and nacho cheese, I would eat those. That would be the great thing. So that's that's low in carbohydrates. And like corn tortilla (laughs) chips? Well probably try to stay away. That's high in carbohydrates. We're going to get, I'll I'll get, by the time we do this show next week, I'm going to know how much carbohydrates are in every possible food item. I'll do that. Just cheese whiz and jalapenos. (laughs) Sounds like a dick snack. Just with a spoon. (laughs) It sounds delicious. Uh, so, So, yeah. So I guess if those are our picks for this week, what are you thinking Super Bowl matchup wise at this point? What I would want would be, oh God, I don't know. I I can't decide if I would want the Packers in there or not. Well, oh yeah, I meant more what do you think than what you want, but. Oh! We, we do this podcast with our head, not our heart. I yeah. still think the Patriots are going to make it. Yeah, I think New England makes it too. Oh, I'll say it's Patriots-Falcons. That's going to be my pick right now. 
Yeah, I I I think it'll be um and I'm and I'm still struggling with that Green Bay Dallas matchup because Dallas kind of handled them earlier in the year at and I think it was even at Lambeau, but um but yeah, I just I just don't I just can't get a feel for how that game's going to go, but I'm leaning towards the Packers coming out on top just because they're playing so well right now, but but I so I kind of think it'll be New England Green Bay, unfortunately. I just think, you know, it's the last year of the Georgia Dome. Falcons are going to have to kick a field goal from the 50-yard line. <laughs> Dirty Birds kick for three and win the Super Bowl. Ludacris gets That's very ludicrous. excited. And, uh, yeah, then they go to the Super Bowl and get killed by the Patriots. The crazy thing, though, is, like, I mean, none of us said the Steelers, but I could see that. Antonio Brown just lights it up and, like, the... Running around town. He's just going to know how it feels when David got Jessica's number or whatever happens <laughs> in that Pepsi commercial. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, Odell Beckham's out now. Or they could they could both uh, get in touch with what people are feeling when, as they drink a Pepsi in a Steelers Giants Super Bowl. But just, so uh, yeah, you were telling us off mic beforehand about your New Year's in Miami. Did you go on a boat with like no shirts, long pants, and Timberlands when you did that, <laughs> and then I, get like yelled at by a bunch of middle aged white dudes? I can't say that I did, and uh-huh. and I can't say that when I came in the office the next week that. People uh, criticized my work product. And After you got a poor <laughs> performance review? Did you punch a hole <laughs> in the wall and headbutt a door? <laughs> I, I, that's what. That's usually how. I don't take uh, defeat very well. Right. So. <clears throat> you have a lot in common with Odell Beckham. Right? Was that like a special wall, or why was that such a big deal? And I guess just everything he does. I guess I I like thought it was maybe he like bu- he punched a hole in Bart Brett Favre's well, favorite. Well, right. Wall. I mean, what was the big deal? He punched a hole in a wall. Is that the wall like Bart Starr used to kiss before every game? Him and Brett Favre just both had a habit of making out with walls before every single game. <laughs> and Odell Beckham just punched a hole right in in the spot. Yeah, very possible. We don't know what happens over there. Uh, yeah, you know, fake news. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, we were, you know, I, I got done, I guess, you know, that's, that's where we stand right now. We'll see kind of where it sits before the conference championship games. But, you know, we were saying earlier on, Tom and I don't watch a whole lot of college sports, don't have a lot to say, but Vince just demanded before we started this podcast that we talk about gopher basketball. So what do you got, Vince? Uh, gopher football. Oh. oh, I thought you wanted to talk about well. Go okay. Talk about gopher football. Yeah, so I mean, we we don't like we don't really talk about uh, college sports too much, but I don't know. I kind of thought that um, I it was a not a great situation that got Tracy Clay's in trouble in the first place. You know, you could debate whether he should have been fired or not, but I actually think it worked out pretty well for the Gophers in the end, and. Uh, they kind of made a, they made a pretty bold move to get and somehow ended up with like a decently well-regarded coaching candidate. So I guess that's the kind of thing you, you have to do. Um, and they were nine and three last year. So and considering they played Penn State pretty tough early in the season and Penn State was in, won the Rose Bowl or almost won the Rose Bowl, there's a chance that um, the cupboard isn't completely bare, and the Gophers could actually 
be a, a viable team for like a big a share uh, or for a Big Ten title in the next couple of years. So well, that would be fun. And I mean, it, you can see people can embrace college sports when it gets good. You know, the Gopher basketball attendance is up now that they've turned things around a little bit this year. Yeah, I think. You know, it's it's it is an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Like, oh, that's nice they got a good coach because of a, a sexual assault scandal or something like that. You don't want to <laughs> draw those equivalencies. But no, I mean, I think he, he that see, has always seemed like the type of coach they should target—a young guy with a lot of energy that can, you know, really put everything into the program, motivate the players, kind of a guy on the rise. I certainly would have rather brought him in than like a Les Miles, who I think would have been likely to be another Tubby Smith type scenario or something like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's they're in kind of a nice spot too, where they're a nine win team that's losing their starting quarterback, but no one's really panicking about the loss of Mitch Leitner. So (laughs) from what I can gather, but uh, yeah, you know, if he can bring in some decent recruits, Felicia. Yeah. You you never know. um, Never know how these guys are going to pan out, but I think that's, the right type of person to target and yeah i mean personally i think given everything that happened and how it was handled he probably deserved to be fired anyways but i I think the things people have forgotten about too in some of the analysis of it is you know the university never hired terry clays they hired jerry kill he kind of came along for continuity so he wasn't their guy mark coyle didn't hire jerry kill so he would have been looking for a reason to bring in his own football coach anyway and, uh, you know, then Mark Coyle is there because Norwood T got fired for sexual harassment. So he's not going to take <laughs> any kind of thing that could be interpreted as a relaxed position on that type of issue, I don't think. So whether that's entirely fair to Tracy Clays or not, that's reality. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like there were, a, you know, it was not a good situation for anybody. But if I was going to list the people that feel sorry for, T- Tracy Clays wasn't going to be on the top of my list out of that whole uh, no, incident. No, by no so. means. So. Uh, nor the the players, no. you know, and so it just was a, you know, it. I think overall it was probably um, the best possible outcome for a really bad situation. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, Fleck might be the real deal. Yeah, I mean. It, I saw he was a finalist for the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year award and stuff, and so yeah, yeah. Fact that he took Western Michigan to like a good bowl game and played Wisconsin pretty tough says a lot about um, the type of coach he is. But anyway, yeah, I think the the one line I saw someone had was like, "Yeah, he'll fit right in at, at with the Gophers. He lost to Wisconsin in his biggest game of the season, or something <laughs> like that." So hopefully, it'll end up a little more positively than that. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to. To follow, anyways. I think the last time we uh, mentioned Gopher football on this podcast was before they played TCU at the beginning of last year because there was buzz for that because <laughs> oh, yeah. TCU was going to be number was number Hard two frogs. in the country or something. And uh, yeah, we haven't talked about Gopher football since then. So <laughs> see you in two more years, Gopher football. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question because I I really don't know much about Gopher football. When was the last time they had a legitimate good team? Probably like the 2003 team that pretty much if 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 they win that home game that that was the year they had Michigan on the ropes at the dome and just completely self destructed and if they would have won that game, um, you know we're that w- that would have been a, a probably a Rose Bowl year 
Yeah. Um, so that's probably the last time they had a really legit team. Was it's been a while. They haven't made the Rose Bowl since like 1960 or something. Oof. It's been a it's been a while, as we like to say on this podcast, but. Uh, yeah, so that's, I guess, where we're kind of at with college sports. We've got the two winter sports teams going right now. Um, Wild just are happily boring right now, I guess you could say. They're, they're in, in terms of just their storyline, they're winning just about every game, and uh, you're sort of running out of things to say, running out of superlatives, but that's better than running out of ways to describe how they're losing, I guess. And certainly destroyed the Montreal Canadiens, and... They, you know, they always say Carey Price, best goaltender in the NHL, which may be true. I Every time I watch Carey Price play, he well, seems to have a bad game. I so, realize his overall numbers yeah. are very good. But. I was listening to this game on the radio, and they were talking about that, too. The Wild have just owned the Canadians for the past I feel like every seasons. time I've seen him like in the playoffs or just in random games, too, though, he's It's just like, oh, yeah. and Carey Price having an off night. Yeah. I think, like, the one time he did really well that I watched was, like, in the Olympics with Canada. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's obviously good. But he yeah, is a good goalie. Yeah. I, you know, I it's been really fun, and I enjoy watching. I'm going to continue to enjoy watching them. I guess, is it, like, am I wrong to be nervous that this is just going to pan out the way Boudreaux's other teams have? It's possible. You know, I think I've... You could probably go back and find 10 other times I've said this on this podcast, but I just playoffs, short, short sample, you know, small sample size series, best of seven or whatever, the nature of hockey where it's a game that can kind of turn on lucky bounces. I just don't think you can ever predict what's going to happen in a playoff series. It's the one sport where I am pretty confident any year in saying like an eight seed could be a one seed. Yeah. I don't necessarily say that in basketball. So I, I think they're set up right now where they. You know, barring injuries or if this, you know, Dubnik comes crashing back to earth or something, they're set up where they can be one of the five or six best teams in the league and in that group that you would say would have a more legitimate chance. But you go back and look at Boudreaux, you know, his playoff failures are he's lost like four or five game sevens. Now, has that happened because he can't coach in big moments or has he just had bad luck? I'm, I'm more inclined, I think, to say he's had bad luck. But Yeah. I guess it's just... It's just troubling that that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. There's not a lot to it. But it's just like, I mean, he he just did have bad luck in the playoffs. Yeah. I guess I would just, you know, I'd take my chances with the guy who's consistently very good over the 82-game seasons and has had five, unfor- you know, five unfortunate losses. It's kind of, yeah, it, it, as long as it's not turning into, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy. With it. Yeah. Like with the the Marty Schottenheimer syndrome is basically what I call that, where can't ever win, does really well in the playoffs or in the regular season, but can't win. I think you know if I remember kind of from the stories of like when he came here, and obviously stories about a new coach coming in are gonna spin it in his favor, but I don't think he's ever had a great goalie situation in Washington or Anaheim. Like, he coached the Capitals before, like, Braden Holtby really took off. Yeah. And their goalie thing was unstable. Anaheim's always kind of cycled through two or three goalies. And I think if you go back, I'd have to look look it up to see what it was exactly. But I think when you went back and looked at his game sevens, like, his goalie has sucked basically every single time. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if that's really Boudreaux's fault. You know? Right. And you would hope that then Dubnik could be could stabilize in a game seven. But 
that's obviously a ways away, but I think, um, you know, maybe he's going to have a bad week in April or May, but he had about the best week imaginable this week. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you couldn't really ask for a lot more. He beats his, old, birthday beats and... his old team, has a birthday, he's going to coach in the All-Star game. Apparently, a little uh, flame, a flame up around the team. The Ducks didn't honor him on the video board. Not, not a lot of class there. Hockey well, teams like talking about things being classy or not, but... Yeah. So, did he leave on bad terms? I guess apparently him and the GM have kind of, like, traded words back and forth a little bit or something. But. So, like, the GM probably would have had to have said, like, we're not doing anything for Probably, yeah. I would assume. Seems a little petty. Yeah. Nah, I don't... Whatever. But. I, yeah. Just made the win all the sweeter. I guess what I'm really looking forward to is it's like... So, we've... You know, they, they've... They had that long streak, and they lost, and now they look like they're right back in the swing of things, and they're playing well. But they do play Chicago on mm-hmm. Sunday, and that's always the big test. They're going to play them five times here. Four, I guess it is four. Oh, it's year. four. It was five last year. I think they, like, alternate in those division. You play, oh. like, half the teams five times one year and then four the next year. It's a lot in a short period. It's a lot, though. So, yeah. And that's a good test. Yeah. You know, that was the weird thing last year. They beat Chicago all five times they played them and weren't oh, that good about last that. year. But yeah. Yeah. It's you're right though. They are uh they are kind of it, it's it's weird to have them be so good and still be like a little boring. Because just nothing's really changing. Yeah. Which is really nice. I'll take that. It's a nice problem to have, but yeah. Well, uh yeah, certainly keep following them over the course of the next couple weeks. Got so Real quick, uh, a little golf talk. Jim Furyk named the captain of the 2018 Ryder Cup team. What do you guys think? Well, you're a Ryder Cup expert. You were there uh, riding golf Just carts. Just been following it ever since. Taking golf carts up steep hills with Grandpa Ron and all kinds of shenanigans. Cutting across fairways. You know, I don't I don't spend a lot of time watching ESPN anymore, except if it's like on a TV somewhere. But that was under breaking news this week. Hmm. It's been a pretty low standard for so, news this week. I, so I I saw Levia. I don't even know. I didn't read to like figure out what the background of it was. But Le'Veon Bell said that he was the Steph Curry of football. Yeah. And that and then like I saw on ESPN, there were like three different shows discussing if Le'Veon Bell was the if Steph he Curry was in fact. And I don't know what that even exactly means, but I, I think it basically means that there's just not a whole lot to talk about. It's evidenced by some of the tangents we're going off on. I'm pretty sure that I saw one of those shows get a little zany and said, who are the other Steph Currys of basketball? Well, I mean, I've always said Vince is the Steph Curry of sitting in a chair during a podcast. But... Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's our golf talk. Do the Timberwolves have any future Steph Currys on their roster, do you think? Uh, who would be the Steph Curry of the Timberwolves? Oh, well, God. if you're just looking for the best player, it's definitely probably going to be Carl. But I I actually think Zach Levine is going to end up being becoming, like, he's, he's already a very good shooter. I could see him being. Yeah, no, so I think you have he, that to look forward to. Yeah, it, um, if they, yeah, if they, if they end up keeping the whole 
grouped together. I think if someone was going to get traded out of that three, he would be the most likely. But no, I think he's certainly risen in everyone's estimation. And uh, if he can continue to kind of work on the defensive lapses from time to time, but he definitely has improved at a greater rate than Wiggins. Maybe he didn't start out at the same level as Wiggins, but they're pretty comparable players now. Yeah, I, you know, it's it started to stabilize a little bit with the Timberwolves. Uh, about as frustrating of a 7-8 and eight stretch as you can get, I guess, because oh. they are certainly improving their record from where it was early on, but some very uh, difficult losses watching all these games, and they're coming up with different ways for me to want to channel my inner Odell Beckham and ruin <laughs> Jeff's uh, nice walls here in this house. But, uh, yeah, you had, you know, Andrew Wiggins getting a dunk blocked at the buzzer against Denver, Philly coming back from a 26-point deficit and then losing at the last second on a ridiculous slob to Robert it was, Covington. That was pretty people. much – that game was like – have you ever seen that? There's a, uh, a YouTube um, video of, like – this high school football team that comes back from like 40 down like 45 points and like like off of all these onside kicks and yeah. all this crazy stuff and then they the they kick off after the tying or they the go ahead touchdown and the guy returns for a touchdown <laughs> and they lose that was basically what or that wasn't was. or wasn't that like um that happened to the jaguars like five or six years ago they put <laughs> yeah. together like an amazing drive to like get within a point in the final seconds they scored the touchdown and this was back when the extra points were still 20 yards and then their kicker missed that little extra point at the very end yeah yeah no that yeah that was a that was a tough one that was one of those where like you, you see that happen enough times where a team falls behind big to a bad team and you figure they're going to, like, come back. And Towns had a big dunk. You could see a run coming. I just kept figuring they'd get within five points and then come up short or whatever. And then they actually tie it on, of all things, a Rubio three with mm. one second left. He and finally like, put some arc on it. Yeah. It was like that Oklahoma City shot. And I'm like, okay, they'll go to overtime and they'll clearly beat the Sixers in overtime. And then, yeah, yeah Robert Covington. That, that was disappointing. And you had uh, them blowing a 12-point lead with three minutes left to Houston. I think an 11-point lead with four minutes left against Utah or something well, like that. And so, was that Houston one? The, was that where they? it was like they were still up by nine with like 38 seconds left? Uh, yeah, it was close to that. But, yeah, I mean, they're basically, you know, suffice it to say there have been some frustrating losses. But I think progress being made, they really haven't been blown out in a game. It, it, they weren't really, I guess, ever really in that Christmas game against Oklahoma City. But outside of that, over the last – month or so they've been in every game they've played against some pretty good teams they did just rattle off a nice win against the Rockets snapping their nine game uh winning streak it was a tough point in the schedule for the Rockets and they had a couple players out but Levine didn't play in that game for the Wolves either so I think progress is being made you know I did see a stat today where like if you just look at the the efficiency numbers the points per 100 possessions they are ninth in the league over this last 15-game stretch in overall efficiency, and they're fifth in defense. So, wow. you know, for all the talk early in the year about how bad their defense was, it does seem to be improving here recently. And, you know, I guess the frustrating thing is that they just got off to such a bad start that the record still looks bad. But I think, you know, clearly they're not performing at the level we talked about before the season started. But I think we all could have probably guessed that with still a young team, they were going to have some trouble at the end of close games. That's a pretty common thing within an experienced team. Um, 
so that, that that's somewhat understandable. I think you maybe hope that that corrects itself a little bit in the second half of the year. I guess, you know, for all, the, and their record is disappointing. There's no way around that. But you figure what they did last year, they were terrible at this point in the year last season after a decent start, picked up a lot of those 29 wins in the last couple months. So they're really, I'd have to go back and look, but I think they're ahead of where they were at this point last year in wins. Hmm. So, or, you know, pretty close to it. So, I think, yeah, and... I, I think they can still improve on that 29-win total, is what I'm saying, if they can just stabilize a little bit in these end-of-game scenarios. Yeah, and so that's where I, I still just don't have a sense if they've truly turned the corner or if this thing is all going to blow up and, you know, we're going to have a very tense summer where, um, you know, they're trying to decide what they're going to do with with these guys and, you know, whether Thibodeau is going to be back and all of that. Well, I think Thibodeau is going to be back. I'm kind of tied to him. But. I mean, it's a five-year commitment, and I don't, I don't think you can, you know, after a year say he's not the guy, especially given where his track record is. did anybody say that? I, I haven't heard many people saying that. But, yeah, <laughs> I no, I think that that's going to happen. And, you know, there's been a lot – the media's made a lot of – Thibodeau and his demeanor during games and if the players can handle playing for him they, they're they all saying the right things and that they like to play for him and I know people that cover the team say if you see him in practice it is a different thing he's not you know screaming at them all the time in practice and outside of games yeah, that's good. so you know I, the White I, House oh, hurry up come on but you know I think he can modulate it and so I yeah I I think they're still going to be okay I really do and I you, you bet on the talent I think this is in hindsight, probably should have been able to see this a little bit better. We do this all the time to teams where we put unrealistic expectations on them and then get mad when they don't reach our unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, everybody's in love with the Milwaukee Bucks right now, right? And you look at two years ago, they kind of snuck into the playoffs as a six seed. They were ahead of schedule. And then going into last year, the Bucks were where the Timberwolves were going into this year. All the national stories were about the Bucks. They're going to be so amazing and you know it's going to be this great year for the Bucks they're the next great team and they struggled quite a bit last year Jabari Parker was slow to come back from an injury Giannis didn't really take off until the second half of the year and you're hearing all these stories about Giannis can't shoot he's got you know Jason Kidd benched him for a game he doesn't have the right attitude and now they've got another year of experience they're great and they're the talk of the league again I think it's still very possible that the Wolves can do that there are some questions I think you know they have three guys that want to score at the end of the game can they all coexist that that may still be an issue they may need to make a trade here at some point but I I I think they still have the makings of a very good team and I'll I'll make you know this is a completely a byproduct of how bad the Western Conference has been but a lot's been made of how they're still only three and a half games out of the eighth seed I'll say yeah they are I mean, if you look at the standings, they're only three and a half games. Back. Oh, my God. Wow. Western Conference is not very good. So I'll say this. I don't – at this point, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll come up a couple games short. But I think they will be playing games you can call meaningful games in April where they're within sniffing distance of the eighth seed. I think they'll come up a little bit short of it. But I think that will be a good experience for this team to play in some big games down the stretch and uh they can continue try to continue on their trajectory next year and i think there probably will be some moves made in the off season to bring in some veteran help maybe balance out the roster a little bit better try to add some more depth but no i'm i'm 
feeling better about it now. You know, the concerning thing at the beginning of the year was you would just see very long lapses where they just looked like they didn't know how to play basketball. And they, they have, you know, cut some of that out of their, their games here over the past month or two. Yeah, that it, it, it does seem like overall their um, stretches where they are, you know, jacking threes and then turning the ball over the next possession where it kind of snowballs into these 12, uh, 12 to 14 point runs. There's, it seems like there's been less of those and they're been, starting yeah. to like be able to get a grip of themselves as they, if they start sliding down, down that uh, hill. But they seem to not hang their heads quite as much. They there still is maybe a little too much of like Andrew Wiggins dribbles up the floor and steps into like a contested two in the first five seconds of the shot clock. And offensively, they kind of get into hero ball a little too much at times. But like they're doing a better job now of when that happens, they get back on defense and it's not just mm-hmm. turning into a layup line on the other end. And they keep playing through it. So I think that's encouraging and. Yeah, they're going to have to continue growing and working their way through this. I'm sure there's going to be more bumps in the road. But, no, I, I still, it, it, you know, time will tell. But I, I just still think there's too much talent involved to, to give up on it at this point. Mm-hmm. And three games out of a playoff spot. There we go. That's pretty crazy. We could uh, watch them lose by 40 points to the Warriors. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that, that does it for this very nice episode, this very special episode of Vindanity. We'll be back next week.